everybody. Good day and welcome back to Pastors with a Podcast. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Well, siblings, uh, I am Pastor Kelsey Tice from Emmanuel's Lutheran in Seguin. I'm Pastor Andy Limlin from First Presbyterian Church here in Seguin. And it's the flower sowing, tomato growing, garden showing, pastor from Marion, Texas, Paul Tice. <laughs> oh my, and wow, is that garden a growing. Well, siblings in Christ, we're going to operate this pod, this last podcast in our again and again series. Whew, excuse me while I yawn. A little bit differently this time because... Our, our partners at A Sanctified Art have provided us with such profound content, and I just cannot go and finish this podcast without utilizing all of it this week. Um, I was so impressed with the reflections, with the poetry, with uh, the artist statement. So we're going to be a little bit different, especially since our gospel is only eight verses, and we are going to read everything. So you'll get tired of my voice. So here we start with a poem by Reverend Sarah R. entitled Light. In Italian, the phrase to give birth literally means to bring into the light. A mother will labor for hours and days, breaking herself for you, whispering between fractured breaths, this is my body, broken for you. A mother will do this as long as it takes so that you, her beloved can feel the warmth of the light. And after all that pain, the sun will rise. The doctor will put a baby on her chest. The mother will hold her child as if letting go is indeed physically impossible. She will breathe easy and then she will whisper softly, all this time, all these deep breaths, it was love again and again and again. It is childbirth, but it is also resurrection, a body broken, breath fractured, a long night, a sunrise, breath returned, new life, and a love that won't let go. Friends, Maybe Easter is just God whispering. All this time, all these deep breaths, it's been love again and again and again. I think we've been standing in the light all this time. Now that I think of it, isn't it warm? Our gospel this morning comes to us from Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. 
as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb. For terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. A reflection from T. Denise Anderson, Reverend T. Denise Anderson. Do we ever consider the mechanics of a sunrise, the earth spinning at a thousand miles per hour, traveling an orbit of 584 million miles around a star that is one million times the size of our planet? It's dizzying. But because we've come to expect sunrises every day, we're not always impressed by them. Often, we sleep right through them as I continue to yawn. That doesn't make them any less awesome or miraculous. Easter is as familiar to Christians as a sunrise. We know the story. Well, at least one variation. And we likely expect to greet the day the same way every year. But if we've been sitting in the tension of last week, we may be able to experience this day differently. Mark's gospel is, again, straightforward. There are no frills in this resurrection account. There's not much joy in it either. Sunday morning was a time of profound grief for those closest to Jesus. Consider those first few days after you've lost someone and the liminality between their death and funeral. There is no closure yet, and mornings are reminders that the nightmare is real. It's hard to imagine how you'll face the day. Friday's terrors give way to new terror as the women arrive to find the stone removed and a strange young man with an outlandish story. Remember that nothing about this site is recognizable to them. This isn't comforting. They run away terrified, unable to even speak of what they saw. But, but the resurrection still came even if they weren't yet able to receive it, things can be scary and okay at the same time. Again and again, the sun rises on a new day, often without embrace or acknowledgement. The same is true of resurrection. Whether or not we discern what's happening, God is literally and figuratively turning the world around. Thank you for that, Pastor Anderson. And our last piece 
as a reflection on Easter Sunday comes to us as a reflection on Lyle Gwyn Garrity's piece, The Promise. Just after sunrise, they come to the tomb. They come to do what far too many cannot do in the wake of COVID's rage, to touch and anoint the body of their loved one, to provide a proper burial, to honor the life lost with a memorial. However, the women at the empty tomb are left with what many who are grieving today are experiencing, dread and terror. Mark's gospel originally ends this way. We believe verses 9 through 19 were added later. Not with Mary running to tell the disciples, not with exuberance and joy, but with fear and silence. The women are numb. How could it be this way? Who stole the body? Did we come to the wrong tomb? Jesus is going where? Galilee? How? The young robed man's words probably feel like a mirage induced by their grief or lack of sleep, or both. In this painting, I imagine what the women see in the moment before they turn to flee from the tomb. Instead of the dry, cracked desert. I imagine instead that they see the story of creation happening again before them. As the horizon breaks open, I imagine light and wind sweeping over a deep sea, giving shape to what was once a formless void. I imagine the heavens blooming like an iris, giving birth to glimmers of radiance. I imagine darkness that still lingers, for in these shadows there is sacredness too. I imagine the winding path they followed to get to the tomb, previously lit by only starlight, now illuminated with promise. They may be overridden with fear and trembling, but their story does not end here. Their way is forward. In this liminal space, once again, God proclaims that their fear, this new uncertain way, is still held within the promise of the resurrection. For this, I believe, is the promise of this life, that the story of creation happens again and again. There's so much here, siblings, to ponder, so much here to, to love, to, to hone in on. But the one thing that's, that's really, really sticking with me from Reverend T. Denise Anderson's piece is the reminder that while for us, because we're so familiar with this story, spoilers, Jesus is risen, we know exactly how the pattern for Sunday morning goes for Easter Sunday. We come in in our Sunday or Easter finery with our new dress. If anybody grew up with a family that you had to have a new dress for Christmas and you had to have a new dress for Easter and, and hair accessories and, and uh, shoes to match. Everyone is in their Sunday best. We forget the emotion of those women. Not only are they leaving terrified and afraid, but they arrive grieving. We forget that Sunday morning begins with their grief. 
with their reminder that the nightmare of Jesus's death, that that wasn't a dream, that it was real. And they're not ready to receive the resurrection. And that's okay. It's a reminder to us, especially those who've lost loved ones around the holidays of Christmas and Easter, speaking, you know, as a pastor, those those days can be really hard and it's okay. The resurrection comes anyway, whether we're ready for it or not, whether we see it or not, God is still acting to make things new. The sun will still rise and then God will turn the world around. Yeah, if resurrection, if resurrection is true, then it has got to be true for all of us, even if we are not feeling Easter. Maybe even especially if we are not feeling Easter. And yeah, if it, grace is true. Love has won regardless of whether or not we feel it. And that's pretty powerful. I know... I'm excited because last year, Easter services, most places got canceled because of COVID. And I vividly remember uh, that Easter morning because we couldn't be in church. I was in the garden and I was listening to a bunch of the services online from other churches and they were all hooping and hollering, yay, it's Easter, and yay, you know, Christ is risen, and all your fears are, have been taken away. And I was like, no. And last year on Easter, uh, I went and recorded a message that was sent out that basically said, though it's Easter, I feel like the tomb is still closed, and that the stone hasn't been rolled away. But yet... Here we are a year out, and I just read a report that at least one in six adults have been vaccinated. Um, a lot more have had recently, it seems like, had the virus, and they now have, you know, even if it's just for a short glimmer, uh, some immunity is built up. And so the, the reality that we get to do this it's a year in the making, but this, this stone, for me, the stone is finally being rolled away. It's like we sat in that space of uh, Holy Saturday, that time when God is dead for a year. And now finally on Easter, we're going to get to do it. And the candles and the bells and the music uh, ringing and singing out. It's uh, for me, it's like watching the sun come up over the water on the bay. Uh, even though I've seen it many, many times, I still just find myself standing there in awe. Um, it's going to be special. So I'm kind of like droopy dog from the old cartoons, you know, though he looks tired, worn out. He would look at the screen and say, you know what? I'm happy. I think that's where I am. We've come through this. It's been hard, but we're finally going to be able to experience the hope of the resurrection and new life going into this new year. 
love it. I love it. And as we enter into this time of resurrection, not just um, Easter resurrection, you know, the more important resurrection, but what does it look like when we, um, God is making all of this new, God is making our social situations new, God is making um, the way we operate and run and see each other entirely new. But what does it look like as that stuff begins to resurrect? Um, how, as, as we talked about during Holy Week, how do we show that love that we've been holding in because we couldn't touch? And we might not be able to for a while still because we need to, to keep those um, who are still vulnerable safe, um, who haven't been able to get vaccinated yet, or those who can't until we reach herd immunity, they're still at risk. So how do we show that love? How do we show God's love? How do we resurrect um, these meaningful and caring and life-giving structures in such a way that shows love and yet still keeps um, the vulnerable among us safe? Not necessarily requiring an answer, just something to ponder um, as we continue. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of a gift over the past year that maybe we're not ready to say is a gift yet. That we are being challenged to expand our definition of showing love. And I think that the results of that can only be beautiful. Well, siblings in Christ, let us close our time together with the epilogue prayer again and again, a Lenten refrain. This is again by, again and again, it is by uh, Reverend Sarah R. And it is entitled Breadcrumbs. I used to make decisions with a flip of a coin or eeny, meeny, miny, mo. my mother told me so. That was when the stakes were small, when I was small, when the world was small, back when we thought we knew it all. But you grow up quickly when you start to see that not all have the freedom to love equally or to breathe freely or to protest peacefully. And you grow up quickly when you start to see that the church is shrinking and the world is sick and people are lonely and the news won't quit and no amount of guessing games can right these wrongs. So today I'm going to do my best to tuck my ego in the pocket of my chest. Today I will listen louder than I speak and look for the tables that Jesus is flipping for our God carved words into stone. Our God led the people in a pillar of smoke. Our God was present in the still, small voice, in the middle of a storm and where people rejoice. And if God was showing them the way, then I am confident that God is here today, dropping bread crumbs and leaving signs, flipping tables where oppression dines. So yes, I admit this is harder than before. I cannot use games to decide or keep score. I have to use faith. I have to believe that even today, God is leading. My mother told me so. We thank you for joining us. We thank you 
for journeying through Lent with us and a sanctified art using their devotion again and again, a Lenten refrain. I hope you have enjoyed our reflections as much as we have enjoyed reflecting on them. And I pray, siblings in Christ, that you bravely step into the sun, that you believe in the resurrection, even when you're not feeling it. Remember that no matter what, God is holding us together. God is giving us courage. God is showing us how to love. Again and again, God is love. Amen. 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 We are going to be taking a hiatus, siblings in Christ, for a little bit, but then we will be joining you again. Instead of a devotion, we will be doing some topical series. So I hope that you join us back on Pastors with a Podcast.